Uh, welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Today, uh, you're joined by your co-hosts Nathan Lear and Glenn Fairburn. Um, we are doing today's podcast remotely by video conferencing, so hopefully the quality is as good as uh, as good as normal. But please bear with us if uh, if it's not quite where it usually is. Um, so, look, at this time, you know, obviously everybody. Um, is well aware of the the coronavirus or COVID nineteen. It is, I guess, consuming everybody, not only financial markets um, but life in general. So, um, Glenn, or maybe I'll hand over you just to tell us about you know what's happening in 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 your world and you know, working arrangements and, and things like that. Perhaps before we we get into the podcast. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with what's um, happened with COVID nineteen, it's uh, changed a lot of things. I think the way that a lot of us do business, live our lives, hopefully for the short period of time. Um, there's going to be some adjustments. Um, I mean, as a business, we, we I suppose, made a decision last Friday that for people who could work at home that we were definitely encouraging that until we got some um, clarity from the government, which obviously came through yesterday. Um, but I suppose we're very fortunate, I suppose, as a business that we, in some ways, are, are very well equipped for this, where we can work remotely. Um, we're still trying, obviously, to keep in contact Nate, as we spoke about yesterday, I think it's important that if you are working from home and, and it can be pretty, uh, pretty isolating. So it's been great from, from our team's perspective that we're still trying to check in. You know, we, we use Microsoft Teams, so it's been great to use that service to have video calls and, 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 and just stay in touch. I think it's just outside of you know, the financial impact that we'll talk about and, and how to manage through it. I think just as human beings, it's important that we... You know, remain in touch and, and, and check in with, you know, your, your sort of workmates and colleagues and, and try and keep the days as normal as possible, isn't it? I mean, we were sort of chatting about it yesterday that you don't want to sort of be locked away in, in your home office alone for extended periods of time. So it's great just to do as what you would normally do. So if you've got, you know, regular internal check-ins or meetings, just, you know, jump on a, everyone's got, you know, FaceTime or video conferencing tools now. I think it's great to just stay in touch, isn't it? But it's something we all have to sort of get used to. Yeah, yeah, Glenn. Look, it's it's different for everyone. I mean, we're all uh, we're all adjusting uh, the best we can. Um, this is probably something that we've, you know, we've, well, it is something we've never gone through before, and it's just things are different. Um, you know, obviously, just from you know, getting food is harder, or getting certain items of foods harder. You know, the herd mentality is kind of kicking in with how people are living living their lives, not just the share market. Um, yeah, it's different times, but look, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into a bit of the discussion today, which, which is, you know, I, I guess we're just going to talk through, you know, how this has impacted markets and, uh, you know, client portfolios and, you know, I guess what can be done in, in these times. And, um, so maybe we'll just talk figures to start Glenn. So the, I mean, the, the Australian market, um, so the, the, the ASX 200, basically the top 200 companies on the Australian share market. Uh, is down around 30% from from highs of around a month or so ago. Um, so I mean that's a that's a significant fall. And you know the US market, which is which is the market which you know most people look towards, is also down around I think 29% as we speak today. Obviously these figures are going to every day they're they're changing. There can be kind of wild swings from on a daily basis. But so as we sit, um, we're down around 30%. Um, so you know Glenn, I guess maybe I'll I'll, I'll throw a question out to you. These are uncertain times and nervy times. You know, clients can be quite nervous. What? How are you handling discussions with with clients about the market and their portfolio? 
Well, I think, um, well, firstly, just in relation to the market, uh, just to try and explain why it's reacting the way it is, I think, um, you know, investors in general, when they don't have certainty or there's, there's a lot of unknowns, that they tend to, to panic, don't they? And they tend to make um, perhaps irrational decisions and there's that sort of flight to safety or flight to cash because there's a tipping point as to how much people are willing to see their portfolios fall by. So when there's panic, when there's uncertainty, which there is a lot of uncertainty at the moment, I think that's that's um, pretty clear that it leads to people to, to sell everything, doesn't it? I mean, we've seen not, not only equities, but fixed interest type securities. I mean, even bond prices, I think, are falling and the price of gold had fallen as well. So it's not just equities that are seeing a, a, a reduction in value. I think it's all assets. And that's really driven by that uncertainty um but i suppose in regards to what we're doing and, and i probably hasn't haven't been surprised but nathan would you agree that the general reaction from our clients has been pretty calm hasn't it i mean i haven't had many conversations with people who are in a panic about the state of their investments yeah look i, I agree with that and it, it's probably pleasantly surprising to a degree that that we've we have felt that our clients have been relatively understanding or calm um there's probably a couple of key reasons for that though glenn would you agree do you want to go through why we think maybe our clients are a bit more relaxed about the a 30 percent fall in the market yeah i mean no one likes seeing their investments fall in value but but i think um one of the key things with with anything in life is that it's all good and well to prepare uh for the good times but i think it's, it's as important to have a strategy to protect you in the bad times um whether that's just your personal budgeting, like making sure you've got that reserve of cash so that if there's this short-term shock where you don't have money, that you're not um, in financial dire straits. And it's the same with investing. When you shouldn't have, you know, you can't buy an investment and, and be forced into a corner now where you're forced to sell it. Um, any strategy that you put in place, you, you've got to at least have something in place that can protect you against the downside. Um, and, and not a lot's changed at this stage with, if you're looking at good quality assets that were paying income, I mean, no one's cutting their dividends at this stage. Um, if you've got a diversified portfolio, then you shouldn't bear the full brunt of an equity market downturn. So I think the key to any strategy is really actually having a strategy to protect your wealth. You need to have a strategy. The benefits of a diversified portfolio is not putting all your eggs in one basket. And that means obviously not putting all your eggs in one investment, but also spreading it across different asset classes because what that does, it does minimize the impact of a downturn in the equity market. So, you know, if, if you're spreading your risk across different asset classes, you, you're potentially smoothing the returns. Um, but it also provides the opportunity where you can take advantage of a downturn as well. I'm sure we'll have a, have a chat about that, but it's really just having a diversified portfolio and hopefully you put that portfolio together um, with the assumption that, 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 that there was potentially going to be a downturn at some point in the future. So you need to safeguard yourself, don't you? Yeah, that's right. I think, yeah, the, the diversified portfolio point is, you know, is key there. And uh, we've seen that, I've, I've said a few times, we've seen the market fall 30%, the share market, I guess, but our client portfolios haven't fallen 30% because they're not fully invested in the share market. They might've only fallen 8% or 9% or 10% because they've got a diversified approach. So the equities might be participating in some of the downside, um, but the other fixed income and property assets that haven't perhaps fallen in value um, help offset 
the big fall in the equity market. So that's probably, I think, one reason why I felt that clients have have been more comfortable because I mean it doesn't doesn't feel nice to log in and see your portfolio down, let's say ten percent for our numbers, but it's better than thirty. Um, there's probably a couple of other key reasons, Glenn. Uh, and look, one thing you know, there's a few reasons, but one I'll mention one now. One thing I think that you know we've both been telling our clients over the past few years, and as a company, one of our philosophies at Hewlett and Private Wealth is to you know really uh, educate our clients, and uh, the markets have been really positive now for a couple of years. And um, you know, we we always talk about not timing markets and not knowing what's you know if there is going to be a correction, yeah, there might be, we don't know what it's going to be or what's going to cause it, but expect corrections to happen because a normal part of investing is to have a correction. And we've, Glenn, we've mentioned numerous times on this podcast that we've been in a bull market. Um, basically global markets have been in a bull market for you know over 10 years now. So there's probably going to be something that's going to, you know, cause a correction, you know, whether that was a 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, we don't know what, what that was going to look like and inevitably it has happened. It's something, you know, black swan type event that, that, that nobody would have predicted. Um, but it still caused a correction. So I, I think the message I'm trying to say is we've been educating our clients over the past few years that when you invest expect corrections and we've been rebalancing portfolios diligently over the past few years. So, uh, with equities appreciating in value, if they were overweight in equities because of that appreciation, we've been locking in the profit. Um, so taking risk off the table. So th- 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 that's a couple of other reasons why I think that clients have been a bit more, uh, I guess, understanding. Would you agree with that, Glenn? Absolutely. And I think that's why, as we were chatting about before, the importance of having a strategy. And what, what we mean by strategy is, is effectively a target asset allocation. So asset allocation being a spread or an exposure across different asset classes. Because what you want throughout any market climate is you want... Um, to not make decisions based on the emotions of the market, but make decisions based on what the portfolio is telling you you need to be doing. So the, the, the pure nature of, of having a target asset allocation and, and having that rebalancing process is that, in, in, you know, the, the, as you were saying, the market's been in a bull market. And just looking at the S&P 500, you know, post-GFC, um, there was a 131-month bull market, basically, and the market rose 400%. Now, through that rebalancing discipline, what you should have been doing there was that as your actual allocation to shares was going beyond the target, you should have been pegging that back and and rebalancing down. So effectively reducing your exposure to shares and investing those funds elsewhere. So now if you're sticking to your strategy, what you should be doing is reviewing where are you at versus your target. And maybe that means that you should be topping up shares at the moment. So from an investment perspective, that's that's how you make money. It's, it's buy low, sell high. But I think what people try and do is time the market and look at it and say, well, is, is the market going to fall any further? Um, should we sit on cash? And I think that's just fraught with danger, trying to pick the best time to buy or sell. You just can't get that wrong consistently. Whereas if you have a strategy and you stick to it, the portfolio will tell you what you need to be doing. And at least if you follow that approach, you're taking the risk of, timing the market out of it that's right and um so so yeah having having access to to capital is or cash or basically having access to cash right now is a good thing to have because if you are in the market and have a diversified portfolio 
you're probably getting signals from your portfolio asset allocation that you need to buy or top up equities. And if you have the ability to do that from either cash holdings or fixed income type investments that you can call on, um, that's really going to help you. Um, probably the other, maybe the final point, Glenn, I'll mention, unless you've got another one on why our clients are um, feeling a bit more relaxed about their portfolios, but we understand it's still a very, you know, difficult time for a lot of people. But uh, I guess this is some of the feedback we're getting is the, um, the quality of the income. Our clients' portfolios are generating, uh, it remains strong and, you know, at this stage unchanged. Um, let's hope that there's not impacts on income, but um, so, you know, a diversified portfolio that might be generating a 5% income stream. And I'll, look, I'll just use a quick example, Glenn, a million dollar, a portfolio that, that was worth a million dollars a month ago, let's say it's worth $900,000 because it's fallen um, by 10%. If it was generating $50,000 or 5% of annual income a month ago, in theory, it's still generating 5% yeah. or $50,000. Well, 5% on the million dollars, I should say. So it's still generating $50,000. So, um, in theory, the client that lives off that that income, you know, for their day to day needs, uh, shouldn't be impacted. Would you agree, Glenn? Yeah, and look, that's where it's important that, in particular, for those who are relying on their assets to meet their income needs, if they're retired or semi-retired, whatever it may be, that at least if you have a portfolio that's generating cash flow, you're not forced to sell anything. And, and that's been one of the things that um, we've spoken about a number of times. Um, where if you're, if you're relying on capital growth or you're eating into capital to meet your income needs, well, that can work okay in a rising market, but, but a market that's fallen 30%, potentially you're selling 30% more of your assets to meet your ongoing needs today than what you were you know, a month ago. So there's a real danger if you're in that retirement phase and you've got to manage fund and you're drawing down the capital to meet your income needs because... If the market stays where it is or falls further, you, you're, just, you're selling at the worst possible time. Whereas, as you were saying, Nathan, if you've got a strategy that's generating income, then you don't have to sell anything. So what you can do there is you can, you can ride through the, the storm, I suppose, and at, at least the capital's still there for when the markets recover. Because although we don't know, one, if the market's going to fall further, two, how long it's going to stay where it is for, the one thing that's certain is that there will be a recovery. We don't know when that is. But every, I mean, if you look at, I've actually got a um, S&P 500 information of bear and bull markets for almost the last 100 years. Um, and every downturn over that period of time has been followed by a correction. I mean, as, as I mentioned earlier, the, the GFC was probably the most recent correction where the market fell 57% over 17 months. But then it recovered 400% over 130 months. Uh, we had the tech wreck where the market fell 50% over 30 months, but then it recovered 100% over, over 60 months. Um, the early 90s, you know, it fell sort of 20% in three months, but then went up 400% over 113 months. So, I mean, that's just, I suppose, the last 20, 30 years. It's pretty clear that whenever there's a fall, there's a recovery, but you need to be equipped so that you can participate in that recovery because if the market falls and you're selling everything, then... We don't know when that recovery is going to take place. So if you've got nothing left, then you're not going to benefit when the markets do eventually recover. Just a point I was going to make about the income, Glenn, before um, we'll talk about income. Uh, you look, look, I mean, this is early. We're early into this thing and well, who knows really, but <laughs> um, it's hard to say what, what's going to happen to, to income 
And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're investing in a company, income comes from different sources. So income will come from company dividends, dividends, that's one source. If you have fixed income investments, they'll, they'll pay income. If you have a property, that'll pay rental income. So, um, all, all, you know, we don't quite know how bad this thing's going to get, but all we can, you know, when we look at these things, use history as our guide. And, um, you know, we often speak about the global financial crisis, which was, you know, some, what it was 12 years ago or so now. And, um, it was a similar feel where the market um, was having big falls and um, you know, it did end up falling by, by 50% in, in total from high to low. Um, but the income was you know, relatively unchanged. And although there was a, a global you know, economic crisis unfolding, um, you know, the income basically remained unchanged. So, so, so that's probably you know, something we're trying to, uh, I, I guess, look back on and you know, give, give, hopefully instill a bit of confidence um, you know, in the clients and the income their portfolios generate. Yeah, and look, everyone's going to have different views as to the economic impact of, of a situation like this. I mean, we've, I mean, it'd be fair to say we've never really experienced anything like this before. And as I said, everyone, everyone's got an opinion. Um, but I was just chatting to a client you know, this morning and just sort of talking about the potential impact of this virus and obviously in the short term it's it's extremely uncertain but i think um most people would agree that the longer you go out the less the impact becomes i mean would that be fair to say that you know no one's expecting a a vaccine in three months or six months but the closer you get to sort of 12 18 months even the experts are saying that there's likely to be some sort of treatment so are we still going to be talking about the impacts of coronavirus on the economy and on the markets in 12 to 18 months time. I don't know, but I'd probably be in favor of the view that we probably won't be. What do you think? Yeah, look, I'm very hard to guess. I mean, we, we both, we're no, we're no medical experts, so we have no idea how, how this thing's going to go. But um, yeah, look, I'm probably just, it'd be a wild guess. Like I, the optimist in me likes to think that it won't be drag, it won't drag out, but, but ultimately, who knows? Um, Glenn, what, what are you... On, I was just going to say, yep. just on that point, um, the markets don't follow um, news information. Like what, what I'm trying to say is that if, if the market thinks the economy is going to go down, it goes, the market goes down today. It doesn't wait for the economy to fall. And that can work in the reverse as well. And I was, I was actually just watching some, um, some footage yesterday. It was just a an economist chatting or a, you know, an investment specialist. And he was saying that don't be surprised if the market goes up, even when the news related to coronavirus is still not good because the as we know, the market's always forward looking. So it's always looking maybe, you know, six to 12 months into the future. So in six months time, we might be at the absolute um, tip of the iceberg with this, but the markets might be looking beyond that. Um, and even moving. So if you're out of the market, you can miss out on those returns, can't you? Yeah, look, I've been saying that point to, to clients a lot lately. And um, all you have to do, if you know, if you don't believe us, is is, is pull up a chart of the um, the, the GDP of, of a country and overlay that with the um, the share market performance. And they're never perfectly in sync or correlated yeah. the same. Like they they move, they're out of they're out of sync basically because for the reason you said, Glenn, share markets are usually forward looking. So think of it like this, share markets fall on 30% already. Has the, um, the output or the, you know, the, the, the GDP figures, have they, would they reflect that fall right now? Of course not, because this, th- these things take time to kind of filter through the economy. And um, yeah. so 
when, when it when it does turn the share market it's going to turn quickly the, the million dollar question is when, when is it going to turn yeah um so uh glenn i was gonna i was gonna kind of pose a question to you that that clients often ask us um you know often they're saying you know how bad is it going to get and we we kind of say to them well <laughs> how bad is this virus how long is it going to drag on on for but but sometimes clients are, are saying look wh- when's the bottom when are we going to see the bottom and when do we buy or when do we rebalance our portfolio uh how, how are you handling those those questions from from say clients or anyone look uh, it's impossible to predict i mean no one knows what, what the downturn is going to be how long it's going to last and that's what it's the importance of a strategy i, I think that the only way you can answer that is by saying that a downturn is not new. Downturns have happened, you know, as we say, on average, you know, five to seven years. Um, in the last, you know, if you look at the last 90 years, the average bear market's lasted 20 months. The market's fallen 37%, but the average bull market lasts 52 months and is up 158%. And that's the S&P 500. So all you can, I mean, I'm not saying that history is a, a great predictor of the future, but all you can say is that every single downturn has been followed by an upturn. Now, if you sell out at the, at the bottom of the market, how do you then participate in that upturn? Um, and, what, and at the moment, the challenge is what's the alternative? I mean, if you sell out, you sit on cash, is the cash rate, we're seeing cash rates are probably going to fall again in Australia. They've already fallen to zero in the US. Are you comfortable getting no return on your money versus remaining invested in a diversified portfolio and even if the income does fall, it's probably still going to be higher than the return you're going to get from cash. And then, so you just try and remove the capital value of your assets from the income. Focus on the income generation, because if you can keep the capital intact, then you'll participate in that upside. That's sort of the discussion that I'm trying to have to clients is, you know, having them consider what's the alternative. And the alternatives are probably only very few. You can go to cash and sit on that cash. Um, and yes, you're potentially removing the anxiety of moving around with the markets, but then you're getting a 0% return on, on capital. You're not getting any income at all, basically. Um, you can do nothing. So you can just ride it through and maybe that'll work out. Or you can have a strategy and stick to it and actively rebalance as markets are, are moving. And that way you're taking advantage of the downside and you're taking advantage of the upside. So I know which strategy that I would prefer, um, but they're sort of the options that I'm trying to work through with clients. and having them understand what their options are. Because I think when you articulate it, people's first um, belief maybe is, I just want to go to cash. But when you explain the implications of it, I think maybe then they start coming around and understanding that's probably not the best option for them either. I can honestly say I haven't really had any clients say I want to go to cash, but no. which is great because hopefully um, the messages we've been speaking to them about over the last few years have been getting through. But um, it, I always say to somebody that says, let's go to cash is, what, when are you going to buy in? I, I like to ask them a question Absolutely. in reply. And then uh, also, and they don't know what to say. Exactly. And then if they say, oh, and more often than not, they buy back in again, maybe at a higher point. And then it's like, well, if you're going to buy in later, are you going to sell again if the market falls? Like, how many times are you going to repeat that behavior? That, that's sort of how I've been thinking about it as well. Like, yeah, it's all good and well to sell now. As you said, you can ask them, okay, when are you going to buy back in? But then you can also follow that up with when you buy back in, are you going to sell again if the market falls? And when they start working through those situations, I, I think that's ho- hopefully they tend to come to their senses a lot of the time. Yeah. It's without a strategy. It's, it's a very hard process to follow just going on your emotion and you can probably drive yourself 
crazy almost. Oh. Glenn, with, 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 I mean, that's, what, what about a client that's rebalancing a portfolio uh, or you know, maybe on your advice or on their own, their, their own management, they're rebalancing a portfolio. Let's say that they, let's say that they did a rebalance two weeks ago and the, let's say the market was down 15% and yeah. they did a rebalance. And now the market's down 30%. So they, they, they've fallen a little bit more, even when they, they topped up a couple of weeks ago, that's fallen more. What, what's your advice to that same, that same client now? Well, I think normally um, when you're looking at rebalancing, you know, theory says that any more than a couple of times a year maybe isn't beneficial. But having said that, with the swings that we're seeing in the market, I think what you'll find is that you have to rebalance more frequently. Um, and I know like, I, I rebalanced for clients a couple of weeks ago, not because I thought the market was at the bottom, it's just that when the market had fallen 20%, it's prompting a rebalance. Now, if the market falls again and, and from high to low point, we're down 30, 35%, I think that you've got to follow that discipline. You've just got to do it again. Um, and then as markets recover, even though they're not recovering to the full extent where they were maybe a month ago, you still have to follow that discipline. So don't be afraid to repeat that rebalancing, but don't get caught up doing it every day or every week. Um, I think just looking at the movements of your portfolio and if you've got a 30% target to shares, maybe you say to yourself, well, look, if it, if it moves either way by 10%, so you know, if it goes from 30 to 27, maybe that's a prompt at a rebalance. Um, but just have a strategy. Don't don't get caught up rebalancing all the time because we've seen the market swing five ten percent in a day. Would you agree with that? No. Yeah, yeah. Look, you can't overdo it. You can't over rebalance because otherwise, you'll, as you said, you'll just be doing it every day. And um, what, what, one of the, I guess, the messages I've been saying to clients when I've been rebalancing um, is trying to take a long term mentality about the rebalance. So let's say. Let's say that the, the Australian index, um, S&P, ASX 200 index is 5,000 points roughly at the moment. So let's say we rebalance now and so we're effectively buying more at 5,000 points. Um, that could go down to 4,500 points. It could go down to 4,000 points. I, I don't quite know. But I think at 5,000 points, it's a fairly good entry point. You know, it's down 30% from its high. Um, and then, you know, perhaps if you take a long-term view and you might, you know, we might, we might look back, if you fast forward two, three, four years, you'll probably look back at this time and say, you know what, 5,000 points was a pretty good time to enter the market or you know, rebalance a portfolio and buy. It might not have been the very bottom because the bottom is, who knows where the bottom is. As I said, it could be 4,000, it could be lower even, like we have no idea. But that's why I'm just trying to have a long-term mentality when I'm rebalancing a portfolio. I think that'll yeah. help make the decision a little bit easier. I couldn't agree more. And I, I wasn't a client, but it was somebody else that I know said that they went too early and bought some shares last week. And, I, and I, my sort of thought and response to that was that, look, in five to seven years time, I think buying something 30% cheaper is still going to be a pretty good deal. And even if it falls and it was 40% cheaper, I don't think you're going to be too worried about that. It still sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, and, if you, and if you repeat that rebalancing, you know, if you've bought him in the markets down 25 and you do it again when it's 35, if your average is 30, I think, you know, it's still a pretty good outcome. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Just stick to the strategy. I think the, the benefit of sticking to the strategy and maybe not getting in at the absolute bottom far outweighs just doing nothing. Sure. Um, I'll look just, Glenn, I'll just mention a couple of last things in, in closing. And if you've got any other comments as well, you know, we can talk about those. But just a couple of um, 
things that are helping keep me sane, starting markets is um, I, I love that the Warren Buffett quote um, in times like these, um, a good reminder is to be fearful when others are greedy and greedy, greedy when others are fearful. So, um, you know, usually with investing, your emotions can take over and you want to do the opposite of what you should do with investing. But uh, if it seems as bad as it's going to get on the market, usually that's a good time to buy. Um, good quote to follow, isn't it, Glenn, that one? I've got one very similar, um, which I actually sent to a, to a mate of mine from Benjamin Graham, who I think was the mentor of Warren Buffett. And he said, buy when most people, including experts, are pessimistic and sell when they are actively optimistic. So, you know, it's just having that contrarian view, isn't it? And, and that's, I mean, I, I, we'll probably wrap up the podcast soon, but I think that's one of the key things that I want to get across is don't make irrational decisions. Don't be reactive to the market. Don't panic. Um, if you're panicking, you probably shouldn't have had these investments to begin with. Um, and, and I'll just encourage people to talk to their advisors. Like if you've got concerns, um, whether it's about the market or your strategy or your super fund or whatever it may be, just get on the phone and talk to your advisor. And, you know, I'm sure that they're all very happy to have a chat. And a, and a lot of the time, once you've had that discussion, you can just feel better about it. I think, you know, I encourage my clients that if they've got concerns, I'd much prefer them to call me. And, and for me to at least have a discussion about the concerns and hopefully ease those concerns and not, and, and they're just sitting at home all anxious and, and worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't follow the herd in, in, in times like this, you know, it, it can be easy to kind of just run for the exits and, and hit the sell button, but uh, you don't want to have that herd mentality. Um, just my last point I was going to make Glenn is um, I mean, markets have been going for a long time now, you know, there's well over a hundred years of data. And if you look at a hundred years of, um, of a graph of a hundred years, it's the trend is always up. So there's, there's going to be periods where it goes down. Um, we've had many, many over those hundred plus years, we've had, you know, world wars, we've had global depressions, global financial crises. Markets always find a way. I mean, human humans will find a way to get, get through this and get over this and markets will find a way to overcome this as well. So uh, if you're feeling kind of down about when, th when things are going to turn, maybe just tr try to have that long-term mentality, that long-term view, it'll, hold you in good stead all right glenn well um thanks everybody for for listening to this week's episode obviously it's been a challenging time for everyone so uh i guess just get around each other be there for everyone um you know do what you can it's you know in challenging times and um we look forward to uh having you again on next week's episode thank you thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the money mentors podcast um, if you enjoy the, the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po podcasting app. Um, once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, so just, just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, thanks again. We'll see you next week.